Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina. Andy Brant Bernard. Dave Schrader. And we'll be back. Thank you again to Leonard Mladenov. 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 Yes. He's a great guest. He's a wonderful guest, as a matter of fact. We will be right back. Kick things off. Hour 3, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. Yep. He's coming to town soon, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Remember in Sopranos, it was uh, Rusty Milo. Honest to God. That is unbelievable. Even when I was nine, I couldn't sing that high. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, try, I just tried to sing along with the Four Seasons. Cherry! I couldn't yeah, do he it. He hits notes that are unnatural for the human voice. Mm, that's very true. Did you see who's coming back? Is Jerry Lee Lewis is touring? That's what I heard. He's Treasure to Island. Can, yeah. What is he? Hundred? He's eighty-three, I think. Andy yeah, said the other around day. there. Wow, eighty-two or eighty-three. He is living proof that some people cannot drink themselves to death. No, yeah, well, some people did. just are immune. It's and he keeps true. releasing albums. He did an album a few years ago when Johnny Cash died called "Last Man Standing." Yeah, because yeah. out of that million-dollar quartet, he's the last guy there now. Yep. Who was in that? It was Elvis. Jerry Lee, Johnny Cash, and who was the fourth? Ma- oh, Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison, yeah. probably, yeah. 
Yeah, probably a Roy Orbison. But he's the last man standing. Willie he's Nelson's the one you would think hanging in yeah. there, and he's another one hitting the pipe like there's no tomorrow. Well, that just shows you the medical uh, purposes of marijuana. Yeah, see, right? it keeps you alive. In Jap- in Japan, they love smoking, but they have almost no lung cancer. Why and is that? They think that it's just like there's some genetic thing that lets them not get lung cancer from smoking. So fair. Well, it's probably. So I guess you know some people would also. If that's possible, have a genetic resistance to getting, you know, liver failure or whatever. I guess there's a there's a special right now on Netflix um, called The Magic Pill, and it talks kind of about this keto diet and all of this. But it was going through the science of this, and what they might be doing, Andy, in Japan is the the diet may be what's keeping them from getting cancer. What the things they eat and put into their bodies. They eat a lot of seafood. A lot of right. seafood. Right, and that's what they said. is Seafood eating, and rice, those are like the two things. Eating, yeah. eating lower carbs but more of this and that and, and kind of showing how the science of this thing works and how by killing off, uh, by eating these specific things, it can actually kill cancer cells because cancer has no way to uh, prop, nothing populate. Nothing to feed on, yeah. Right, and nothing to go forward with. So they yeah. may be able to smoke like chimneys as long as they're eating the right mix of foods. I that, guess. You know, and they're probably not putting as many uh, preservatives and crap into their body that we are. Because a lot of these countries refuse to have... (laughs) When you look at a list of of the third world countries and the food they refuse to take from us... I know. Doesn't that make you a little concerned? Yeah, well, you got that... That's what that whole GMO thing started, right? Right. Couldn't you also argue that, you know, they're clearly not the ones to be looking for when it comes to, you know, running a country? (laughs) Well... They're not doing the best, so maybe we shouldn't be taking their advice. Come on, just because the leader steals all the money and the people starve? That certainly does happen Venezuela, you know. Oil rich as hell, Venezuela, and everybody's starving to death. Unbelievable. How does someone not, like, assassinate a leader like that? I don't have any idea. You think that would be the one thing that they're all focused on, is getting that guy out? I just do it for fun. Look at uh, Mussolini. And uh, no one cared, Chairman Mao and Hitler, they're three of the biggest monsters in our history. And you would have thought at some point somebody near him would have been like, Well, you Hitler survived go. tons of assassination attempts. Oh, did he? Yeah, people tried to assassinate him like 17 times or something. What were they using, blow darts? Yeah, they weren't doing a very good job, clearly. <laughs> well, now, has Venezuela surpassed Zimbabwe in terms of inflation? Because remember years back when we ah, did yes, that on the show, right. Zimbabwe had the biggest inflation. I don't think anything's ever going to. That was crazy. It was pretty, yeah, that was, their, their inflation was, wasn't it by the billions? Yeah. <laughs> well, you might want to dial it back. Wait, now what was this? How, how did that break down? Uh, Let's see, Zimbabwe's hyperinflation. Yeah. It broke it down to those. In 2006, yeah. uh, Zimbabwe dollar became 1,000 Zimbabwe dollars. In 2008, 10 to the 10th power Zimbabwe dollars became 10 to the 13th power Zimbabwe dollars. And at that point, what did they convert over to in American cash? Zero. They, right. It was worthless. It's they worthless. People just started trading, like, you know, eggs for bread or whatever. Oh. They didn't. But, yeah, by the end, a Zimbabwe dollar was worth 10 to the 25th power Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> I don't even know why they bothered having a currency at that point. That's 89.7 sextillion percent. <laughs> It's like getting twenty thousand rupees. You think you're rich, and it's like a buck eighty-five in American cash. Exactly. Oh wait, Maybe. that's that's eighty-nine point seven six trillion percent per year for oh. over the course of three years. Oh my god! Yeah, and and then at that point they were like, we're just going to use American dollars. And what caused the inflation? Um, that is a good question. Was it Stormy Daniels. Yes. 
She I said something, it. and everyone was like, "Let's believe this person." Let's for some believe reason. what she has to say. What uh, do you think Zimbabwe of that? confiscated private farms from landowners. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yes. because they're really good at doing things. Probably didn't want to be a stripper in Zimbabwe then. Probably when not. they're making it rain every yeah. every dollar's worth a half a cent. Yeah. <laughs> a half a wow. cent special. Yeah, they they didn't they seize almost every farm in Zimbabwe. Yes, and yeah. then they said, "Please come back and farm for us," but. By then, people didn't want to do that Decided anymore. Decided against it. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and Venezuela got just oil rich as hell, and everybody's starving to death. It's unbelievable. Let's see how Venezuela's, let's see, inflation. No, nothing close to Zimbabwe. Oh, it's not Zimbabwe, close to Zimbabwe. But, but. <laughs> it did get up to 4,000% by last year. 4,000% inflation. Uh, oh, wait, early 2018, 5,200%. Oh. So, yeah, it's going up about 1,000% per year. Oh, so they're that's they their money's worthless. Yes, but they have all worthless. that oil. How can they not sell all that oil? Government is uh, just taking it all of the money. Well, all we, the don't, don't we in the United States have a lot of oil that we're just sitting? We don't touch. We there's buy no other question. reserves. There's we just no leave our stuff alone. It. Yep. And Why is no, that? I have no idea. I asked that on uh, on the air yesterday. Why have we abandoned our oil, and why did we turn the audio auto industry over to the Japanese? I'll never understand that. To help them along, I understand, but just giving the business to them? Why did we do that? I don't Guilt. know. And there's, there's a lot of these countries where we go back to rebuild. We've helped their people. Yeah. We go back to rebuild, and then we're paying uh, even higher amounts on the on the oil barrels. Right. Shouldn't we be getting a deal because we're, you know, we came over, we cleaned up their issues, we are rebuilding their country. Now yep. shouldn't the oil be cheaper to us than it's ever been? That was the whole thing, what Andy just said. It was guilt because after World War II, the only country pretty much in the world that was 100% intact was the United States of America. Yeah, we turned, well, we, uh, we got out pretty well. Well, well it was that bombing in Oregon. Yeah, the bombing in Oregon. Did you What's know that? that? Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't realize yeah. the Japanese bombed Oregon. And Pearl Harbor. Oregon, yep. Yeah, but Oregon. Yeah, well, Hawaii's out well, there, you know. Oregon's right, Oregon's right here. The here they wanted to attack the mainland, and so they went to the West Coast, I guess. Right. Yeah, I was talking to a woman yesterday that knew a lot about WTI, West Texas, West Texas Intermediate WTIs. They also call it the oil up in North Dakota, that same thing. And she said, and I said, what what is the money making cost per barrel? And she said it is sixty dollars, and of course, oil. I don't know what it is today, but it was like sixty-seven fifty. It's convincing the oil industry that it's sustainable. That's holding back the oil in America. But of course, it's sustainable. If we don't keep buying everybody else's oil, we're going to need that oil. Hey, we're eventually going to run out of dinosaur bones that are turning into oil. Exactly. Have you not learned this yet? Eventually, it will happen. Wasn't that the long-standing belief that it was oil that it was, was just yes. dinosaur bones? Yes, dinosaur it was. bones, it's dinosaur all, sludge, and bones. It's all BS. But well, right. I suppose it was part of it. Oh, but. there is one episode of inflation worse than uh, Zimbabwe. Post World War II, Hungary. Oh yeah. I mean Hungary. Hungary. Uh, let's see. That was. Yeah, they're all gypsies anyway. It's true. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to. So well, we go over to Romania. Figure. I'm going to Romania again this year. Oh, you were saying? And they're yeah. they're Lou and they're delay. The money that they've got is I don't know what it's trading at now, but when I went five years ago, it was literally like our buck was worth three of theirs. So you could eat and drink pretty heartily for yeah. not a whole lot of money. I can see that absolutely. What'd you find out about Hungary, Andy? The overall impact was four times ten to the twenty ninth power. Uh. 
money dollars or, or what caused it? Uh, just, just yeah, World War Two took its toll on Hungary. Yeah, but so that would basically mean that if you had one dollar now, it would be worth an amount so large it would be like four hundred, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine groups of three zeros after it. <laughs> nine groups of three zeros. Yeah. So just just like. So much more than all the money that exists on Earth right now, but it's each dollar is worth you know one quadrillionth of a cent or whatever. That amazes me. I mean, so yeah, it can happen. I don't know why. Indeed. You know, you think it like a thousand percent. You know, one dollar is worth a thousand dollars. At that point, why don't you just say, okay, currency is abandoned. We're using some other currency for now. Because it's clearly not going to get better. No, it's not going to get better because it's all it's all made up now anyway. Well, it's been made up for a long time. It's been made up for a long time, and people didn't realize. They, people actually thought there was gold in Fort Knox. Well, there enough, was. Well, there was, but I mean, enough to cover every dollar that was out there. There was until the gold standard went away. Exactly. And, and until uh, or Goldfinger got there. That's right, Goldfinger. He's the man with the Midas touch. That's right. The spider's touch. Such a cold finger. <laughs> you Fraser and Niles? you to enter his web of, so that's why I know yeah, that song. Yep, yeah, I remember that episode. What the hell are you two talking that's about? It's the only song they know, and yeah. they do karaoke. And yeah. Do they, do they Fra- speak it then? The sustained speaking, no. or do they sing it? No, that's a great scene, though. Oh. Goldfinger. Yeah, they, they did karaoke of Goldfinger, and that's how I know the lyrics to Goldfinger. Yeah, they did? Yeah. Uh, surely Basie, Fra- isn't it? Yeah. That sang that originally. Really it's yeah. Fraser Niles and yeah. uh, the dad. Martin. N- and Martin. Martin. Yeah. He just died. He died yeah. like a year ago, I think. Well, I thought he died only a couple of months ago. Yeah, it was, I think it was this year. Marty Crane, John Mahoney. John uh, Mahoney. Oh, yeah, yep. you're right. February. Yeah, he died in February. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. I, in Florida, I rewatched Fraser. Oh, I love Fraser. And then, like, he died when I was, like, halfway through. And I was like, oh. That might be one of the greatest movie villain lines, too, when James Bond is strapped to the table and the lasers are, and yeah. he goes, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> like, I have no other agenda here. Goodbye. One of my favorite Frasier episodes, that one where he, he goes on and he's going to take a stand against the man. He goes on the air and he says, this is Frasier Crane, and I'm here to tell you I'm not a man who's going to deal with this kind of thing, who's going to put up with this kind of thing, I will... And he just went on and on and on and on. And he looked up and realized that he'd been taken off the air. So he calls in his producer and says, how much of what I just said actually went out over the air? I'm not a man. I'm not a man. <laughs> I am not a man. <laughs> that was the only part that went out over the air. That show was very, very funny. There's some, hey, look, like you said, Silicon Valley, that thing is, is, did you hear that? Were you here for the pizza? Yes. God, that's funny. Yeah. Molina didn't think it was that funny, but, you know, tough hop is all I can say. It's it's strange, too, that Frazier, did that actually outlast Cheers in uh, production? I think they went like an extra season longer than Cheers. I think it was 11 11. Frazier was was 11. And Cheers Cheers was 11. Was also eleven, yeah. Yeah, eleven, eleven. Great shows, both. Right. Cheers. I got to get back in. I, it, it, that might be one worth binge watching again, just to kind of walk through the whole catalog so, of that. I'm surprised they didn't do one after Frasier because it was, was so popular. What was the one we just listened to? Where uh, who does who's the mailman again? Cliff. 
Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin. Yeah, Cliff Clavin. He was on a game. He was on Jeopardy. You, did you play that for me, Melina? Yeah. Well, it's, he's on Jeopardy, and uh, <laughs> he's on Jeopardy. the list of categories is just all Cliff categories. It's oh, just really? Like, it's like celibacy, beer trivia. U.S. Postal L- Service. Yeah. <laughs> Living with your mom. <laughs> Living with your mom. But he, he tried to talk him into some, what the hell was it? Did you play that, the audio? Or was it somebody on the morning show that did it? God, it was it funny. It on the morning show. I, I wish I could remember what it was about. all about, honestly, God, but he, he, he answered the question, and it was totally off base. But he said, well, that, no, no, that, that he's arguing with Alex Trebek about yeah. what's right. real and what isn't. Well, because he has such a commanding lead. He's like uh, 10,000, if not even more, over the second-place person at the time, and they go to Final Jeopardy, and he's so cocky that he bets it he all. Bets yeah, he bets on 20,000. He bets it all. He bets 20,000 bucks, and he gets it wrong, but he said, no, I'm not wrong. Yeah. You think I'm wrong, but I know I'm right. <laughs> Categories are civil servants, stamps from around the world, uh, beer, bar trivia, and celibacy. That's awesome. Cliff Clavin, celibacy. You know what's interesting about Cheers, too? When you look at that show, that they replaced like major characters in that show oh, and that it never hit a hiccup. Right, they got You're rid of right. Diane. They got rid of Coach. Coach they didn't died. get rid of right. Yeah, but I mean, those those major players left, and yep. the person they were able to plug in just without missing a beat. It was fantastic. The show just kept rolling. It was, that show was damn good, and, and they they knew how to feed everybody. So it wasn't yep. even though it was yep. about Sam and Diane. Everybody had a, a a bit. Oh, that's what it was. The final Jeopardy. He didn't know the answer, so he wrote. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Tell us in the next. We got to okay. come back, and Andy will tell us the Cliff Clavin next. Next uh, segment, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well... I received my first MyPillow, and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Agnes, what did you put down? Who are Tony Curtis, Cary Grant, and Lucille Ball? You're so very close, but you're incorrect, unfortunately. And that means it's going to cost you. 
2900 That takes you down to $400. And it takes us to Cliff. Cliff, good news for you. Both of your opponents came up with incorrect responses. And what that means is that even if you're wrong, as long as you didn't do anything foolish like wager everything, you're a cinch winner. Well, then we, uh, we don't have to see my answer, do we there, Alex? Listen, you see the tournament champion. We're running out of time, and we are going to have to take a look at your response. You wrote down... Who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? No, I'm sorry, that too is wrong. The correct response is, what were the real names of Cary Grant, Tony Curtis, and Joan Crawford? Be that as it may, Alex, those people have never been in my kitchen. Well, they haven't, but obviously that's not what we were going for when we wrote up that clue. Obvious to who? Yes, it's all right. You don't have to worry. Unless you risk more than $21,600, you will be the new Jeopardy! champion. So let's take a look and see what your wager was. You bet 22,000 big ones it takes you down to zero. You bet it all. Cliff, why would you do something like that? Because I knew that those people had never been in my kitchen. You can ask them. Fantastic episode. Fantastic episode. That, that show was, uh, I don't know, just the character development in that show <laughs> yeah. was amazing. Yep. There is no doubt. Andy, would you put up a new story? I don't want to read about kangaroos. And you can start the clock, uh, too. That would be good. Uh, Charles be Brothers, one. the writers, the writing, too, in both Cheers and Frasier. That was great. fantastic. Yep. Well, well, we one... can only hope they bring that show back. Yes. yes. Last, I guess Tim Allen's uh, considering bringing back Home Improvement now that uh, Instead of last man the, standing. the Rose, uh, uh, Roseanne mm-hmm. show has taken such a big deal yeah but i tell you what i watched the last roseanne show it was horrible yeah it was not funny well, it was, at all. yeah it was yeah i agree with you but they're down considerably aren't they down like eight million viewers, eight million viewers live yeah. viewers they're still yes. not doing bad when it comes to the dvr stuff the dvr stuff that does help them out quite a bit yeah the first few i thought were very funny and then it just started getting less funny and then this week's episode was not funny in the least you know it felt like they were trying to squeeze in all of our old characters just to give us yep. like that moment yep. in case they never got another chance so maybe if they Probably come back true. well when they come back next season hopefully it's more character driven and good stories and funnier but it's been all right for what it is, revisiting. No, oh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Andy, would you put up the Dave Chappelle story for me, please? Um, yeah, I think it wasn't a bad idea to bring it all back. I just, I, I just wish everybody would understand there are two viewpoints, at least, for every point. It's like, you know, you're not always right. Nobody's always right. Right, but that's always been the, the juxtap of that show, is that yeah. she's always right. She's always no right. What. Yeah, but they exactly. do show both sides. I mean, you had the two sisters... Battling it out yes. over Trump yep. right at the beginning of the season. Yep, which was good. Yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle on Monday defended fellow comedian Michelle Wolf for her controversial White House correspondence dinner speech saying he thought it was cathartic. I don't know who those people think they are. She can't say that to them because they offend people all the time. And I think that for many people it's cathartic to watch that woman speak the truth to power like that. I don't think that was the argument, is the fact that she attacked people for their looks and did all the things you're not supposed to do these days. They were just bad jokes. And she's not funny. I mean, that's the, the major problem we had with Michelle Wolf is she's not funny. Has she ever been funny? Right, but if you look at uh, the Comedy Central roasts, yeah, which I think a lot of people, when they get the feel that they're supposed to come on and do yeah. this emceeing thing, I think they're, they're taking that as a page now. And yeah, where, like probably. the old Dean Martin roasts, they had a little jab to them, but they were still friendly. The, mm-hmm. the Comedy Central roasts, 
which are funny, but they're brutal. They They are brutal. brutal. They are brutal. And uh, I think that that's what she was going for was that. But here's the deal. She got the attention. I mean, is it going to kill her career? You know, look at uh, Kathy Griffin. She's even coming back now. I don't know? know. After this last thing she did on The View, she's done. I don't think so. She dropped the f bomb on live. <laughs> a lot of people have. I know they a do lot of more. People have, yeah, they and on live radio from occasion uh, on occasion. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You're gonna have to scroll up, Andy. I can't read that. There's a picture covering it. Mm, what? No, it's right there. No, there's there's more to be said underneath the picture of Dave Chappelle. Well, I can scroll down then. Well, I, I was done with the first part. What are you... You weren't. It was, too. What are you, (laughs) distracted by something down there? Chappelle said Wolf deserves respect whether or not you agree with what she said, but it was very flat-footed and it was grounded in her truth. And whether I agree with it or not, I got to respect the artistry. I got to respect the gangsta. Oh, Dave, don't do that. Notice he said her truth and not the truth. truth, That's that's the postmodernism. Well, that's also the plausible deniability. Yes, it is. so stupid. Chappelle also said he knows how hard it is to get in front of a lame or difficult crowd, but applauded Wolf for holding her own. I think she nailed it. I thought it was beautiful, Chappelle said. I didn't see her pander once, and I thought it was beautiful. Wolf targeted more than just President Trump at Saturday's annual gala. She also hit Vice President Mike Pence, Hillary Clinton, Ivanka Trump, Democrats, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and Senior Vice Presidential Advisor Kellyanne Conway. Despite backlash, Wolf stood her ground on Monday. I wouldn't change a single word that I said. I'm very happy with what I said, and I'm glad I stuck to my guns. It just wasn't funny. You know what? I, I will tell you this, though. The problem that I have with it is I've never watched one of these. Mm-hmm. The first, uh, you know, I, I would see clips of them like Larry Wilborn. Uh, and I still don't think they should have ended his career over what he said. That, I think, was way out of line. Yes, he called the president of the United States the big N, but he's black. And as one black man to another black man, he has called him the big N like, you know, the brother thing. Well, his career is over. Hmm. I mean, you don't see him any, I think he does a podcast now that nobody listens to. But wouldn't you think some of the blame also goes to the White House Correspondents Office or whoever, you know, hired her for this right. event? Because you know what you're getting. I mean, a comedian, yeah. you know, you can go on YouTube. You can, you know, it, it's not a secret what her well, Her Twitter is. was filled yeah. with anti-Trump stuff. Yeah. I so mean, it's like, yeah, read the Twitter, see if she's a rabid anti-Trump person, and maybe then she's not the best person to speak. Yeah, I mean... Come yeah. on, Andy. We have no time nor for logic. All right, that's back sure. up. Yeah, cut cut the comedy with the logic. What are you talking about that logic is, uh, for? Yeah, that's funny when you're going to bring people in like that. But I wonder if how would how would this be if you turned it on its ear and it was Ricky Gervais that was in there, and because he's cutting and, and would I have used no to problem. Think he was funny. Yeah, yeah. If I don't he like came in and so said much. this, would it be the same? Deal, or would he be considered kind of a comedic genius like he's been on the the first the people's time he hosted the Emmys? Unbelievable. Was it the the Emmys or the People's Choice? The first time. The first time he hosted. The last time, a couple years ago, was not that funny. No, it was not. The first time. One of my favorite things he ever did uh, was Stephen Merchant. The guy guy with the glasses that was always on the show with him. And he sat down at his desk. And he had one of those pens where if you turn it upside down, the women's clothes would fall off. (laughs) Ricky Gervais walks on and looks and goes, Are you tossing one off to a pen? (laughs) It was very funny. When he went after uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yes. (laughs) And Johnny Depp. (laughs) Yeah. It was fantastic. 
Well, he has. But again, is is that, uh, you know, why is it okay in one instance but not in another? I think it's okay. It's just sometimes it's funny and sometimes it yeah. isn't. That's the whole thing. Right. I but didn't isn't, that com- isn't that comedy anytime? Yeah, Subjective? Probably. Right. Yeah, like if you yeah, put, if you would have opened that up to people that knew that they could laugh openly, how many of the people in the audience would have actually laughed? Everybody else, I'm sure, was doing the looking around thing to see who was laughing before yeah, they probably. chimed in. I have never seen one of those White House correspondence dinners. I have no interest in seeing that kind of thing. Because Dennis Miller was pretty biting, and I think he did one or two of yeah, those I as think, well. I think so. I think you're probably right about that. Dennis Miller is a very good speaker, man. I don't know if you've ever seen him live or not, but he's damn good. Yeah. He's a, he's damn good. Not good on Monday Night Football, but he was definitely uh, no, good he was as a terrible comedian. on Monday Night Football. And so was uh, Tony Kornheiser. He was yep. terrible. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just doesn't work. Well, now you got Jason Witten. Just retired today from the Cowboys. Today. Oh, he did? Oh, that's yeah, right. So he's yeah, doing Monday Night Monday. Football. Oh, so he's going to do Monday Night Football? Yep. I heard that that one might be the case. Well, but it's Dan Deardorff, he was the other guy I wanted. I would so gurgle broken glass and listen to him talk. So you listen darkness. Why don't you talk about darkness? Who's it? You know, and the other guy I can't stand on football, hmm. Chris uh, Collinsworth. You don't like him? Oh, he is the smarmiest yeah, he's a hosty smart. guy. You know, I don't mind Michelle if you Tafoya have a point. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, no problem. I like Tafoya, but but Collinsworth, you know, when it's okay to feel confident, but when you're yeah. so smarmy and like I'm the smartest guy in the room and I know it. That's a problem, and, and that's, know, he's always got that saying. attitude, and that just well, rubs me wrong. I know exactly what you're saying. I like Al Michaels. I like the you know those guys. They have they always had that presence, yeah, and great delivery, and you cared you know about what they what they were doing. At Collinsworth, I could care less. Yeah, I understand. Well, it's Tom's old buddy in the booth. He's no longer with us, but Howard Cosell, right? Howard, yeah, <laughs> tell me go f myself. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's right. That. <laughs> he did. He told me to go F myself. It's like, okay, Howard, thanks, pal. Now, he got, what, he, he got let go for the monkey comment, right? Uh, Look at that little monkey run. Yeah. yeah. Which, Dang. again, out of context, was bad. But well, what it was from that time era that had nothing to do with racial. But they no. proved that he had called, he had said the same thing about white players. Right. Yes, he did. And even Muhammad Ali came up and said, Howard didn't mean what you guys think he meant. This is not. No, exactly. And they, that that was another weird deal where it's funny to watch how some celebrities or or public eye right. people can be torn apart for something so ridiculous, and then somebody else can get away, and it just doesn't even ping the radar. Well, it's also a cultural thing too, because to tell you the truth, my grandmother used to refer to everybody as a monkey. Right. I mean, she just did. Right. So I have called people of all races monkeys. But it doesn't mean that I think because you're black, you're a monkey. Who was the comedian a few years ago? He did the bit, and he was a black comedian. He, at the end, he said, I'm taking pork, Porch Monkey back. And he, he had a whole <laughs> shoot right. match about yes. it. It was funny yes. as hell, but it was just it all was. about how stupid are we that we're hung up on dumb words. That. And he's like, it's so I'm taking Porch people Monkey back. say anymore. Right. It's a dead term. Right. No. And if you're, no, I mean, down south it's not. That is still a... Very volatile, uh, very, very... Uh, the Big end's still pretty big yeah, down there, too. pretty good. I've never heard it in Florida, but I've never been to, like, Mississippi or Alabama or whatever. Well, I will tell you what. The, the, today on the crossover from morning to, to midday, Wally Walker called Mordahl and Phillip a couple of monkeys. And it wasn't based on race. Right, no. It had nothing to do with race. Well, what, didn't Harry Carey tell you to keep your monkeys yeah. under control, too? Barnard, control your monkeys. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. Uh, yeah, so monkeys, it, it, for my grandmother, it had to do with just wild animals right. running around like you're, you're out of yeah, control. Yeah, the old saying was it was like a barrel full of monkeys, barrel just a bunch monkeys. of anarchy and craziness right. going on. Right. That's, and that's so she referred to everybody as monkeys. You know, you think like a monkey. 
It's not a race thing. It's just you're an idiot. But there are still people who refer to oh, black sure. people as monkeys, right. and that's a whole different kettle of fish. Some random facts for your Thursday. Dostoevsky wrote one of his most famous books, The Gambler, because he needed quick cash to pay off gambling debts. That's <laughs> nice. There's an aboriginal language in Australia called Mababaram. Is it Mbabaram? I wouldn't know. Probably is Mbabaram. I will never forget 10th grade, North High School. I don't remember the kid's name of that poor bastard. It was one of those deals where everybody had to stand up and read a paragraph out mm-hmm. of a book. Oh, God, it was so sad. Uh, my paragraph I chose because um, some of my ancestors are from, uh, they're from Australia, so I wanted to read something about Australia and the Aborgines. <laughs> Oh. The Aborgines. And nobody knew what the hell he was talking right. about. <laughs> the Aborgines. Uh, abor- and he kept saying the, through the whole right. time thing, he kept saying, and then the Aborgines and the abor- is like, oh, God. But did so anybody sad. know what he was getting at, or was it just kind of one of those? They had no idea what the hell he was talking no. about. That he they was had talking no about the Aborigines? Aborigines, but <laughs> he called them Aborgines. The but, you know. Sounds a lot more regal, doesn't it? It does. The Aborgines. Yeah. Uh, there's an Aboriginal language in Australia called Mbabaram, where the word for dog is dog. It's a pure coincidence. They didn't know it was called a dog in English. They just uh, It's just the word that random, they randomly chose themselves for a dog. Hmm. What a ch- how, what's the chance of that happening? Well, actually, that's good, right? That's the 100 monkey theory. Going, yeah. back to monkeys, going back to monkeys. Well, no, no, that's that's like the million monkey theory. So if you give enough monkeys time and, and typewriters, they'll type the greatest deal. But the right. hundred monkey theory is a real scientific fact. So like if you have monkeys on this continent that all of a sudden learn that if I take the stick and put it into the ant hill, yes, right, then ants will climb up on the stick, and I now have a tool. Right. And all of a sudden, once the hundredth, and they've they've found this, once the hundredth monkey does something, it spreads like a virus across the planet to different species that you know that are of that of that breed that's amazing that it's like they it's a global consciousness and they become aware of it and then they start doing the same thing and how does that happen that's the whole point it's that spooky action at a distance kind of thing right is what what's transporting it how do animals come out and know know to do these things because of genetic memory or is there some kind of codex that actually connects us around the world how do you know that you you look at your phone you're you're sitting there you're doing something else and you pick up the phone and there's nothing you put it down and two seconds later it rings it's like you were just off it was at that moment where you think i wonder what darkness dave is and it's dave calling you right i mean that's right it's that spooky action at a distance, though, that sometimes we're just cued in. We're, yep. we're right in that timing zone. It seems like it. Yeah. It does seem like it. China should split into five time zones, but since 1949, the entire country has been on the same time zone for, quote, national unity. And that creates some crazy time changes at its borders. The largest is at its border with Afghanistan. When you cross over, there's immediately a three-and-a-half-hour time difference. Wow. <laughs> So you walk 15 feet, and there's a three-and-a-half-hour time difference. So basically, in some places, it doesn't, doesn't get dark till 11 at night. In other places, it gets dark at 7.30. Unbelievable. But it's the same time. Oh, you so get adjusted, still... though, right? Well, have you, have you seen they did that deal? Um, they started looking at the diaries of farmers yeah. from way back when all the way through the early 1900s. Right. And they realized that, that people broke up their sleeping pattern in four-hour slots. We never were meant yeah. to sleep eight hours in a row. You're right. They would do four hours, and then they would they would get up in the middle of the night, and then they would do all their farm work in the middle of the night when mm-hmm. it was coolest, and then they'd well, sleep again sense. for four more hours. 
And that it was meant to be in two separate blocks of four hours for sleeping. And they said this was all the way, all, I think it was until the early, wasn't it like early 1900s or something like that, Andy? That I don't know. Did yeah. we lose our ability to go into REM sleep? Is that no, why? No, actually, we're meant to be in these blocks of sleep. And, and what happens uh, when you, and I'm trying to remember the scientific study on this, but what happens is like when you wake up and then you push yourself back to sleep, mm-hmm. you're now interrupting your real pattern because you may have slept your yeah. eight hours and you get that couple extra hours more and then you realize, why am I still so tired all day? Right. It's because you pushed yourself into a different yeah, time sense. slot, which is now throwing your whole chemistry off. It makes sense. There's no no doubt about it. Ooh, people have only been using the word wasted to describe someone who's drunk since the 1960s. Meanwhile, being high has been used for since 1627. Really? That guy's high. We'll be right back. Special guest coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want to flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. I'm back! I'm back! I'm back! Get up off of that thing! It's amazing. Burt Ward sounds a lot like James Brown. <laughs> that amazes me. Burt. Hello, citizen. <laughs> How you doing, citizen? It's always, always great. nice to talk to you. Great to talk to you guys. It's always a pleasure, man. General Giants Dog Food, a nonprofit dog food in all Walmart stores nationwide for the first time. Website, gentlegiantsdogfood.com. And, of course... The Batman 66 exhibit at the Hollywood Museum has been extended to September. Talk, uh, you know, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, Bert. Whatever you, because I know you have a hard out at 50, so let's talk about whatever well, you want to talk about. Well, you know, I like to I like to tell people that I was the Cage Crusader, and now I am the Canine Crusader. So for the last 24 years, my wife and I 
have rescued more than 15,500 dogs, every one of which would have been put to death because it was the last day at the animal shelter when we get the phone call, and if we don't take them, they die. And we just don't want dogs to die because they're sweet, loving creatures that all of us love. So in the last 24 years, having rescued 15,500 and saved them and cared for them, every one of which actually has lived in our house, at all times we have 50 or more. We have a special permit to do this, by the way. But the point of it is, in doing all of this, we found a way to help dogs live longer. And you have to understand, we're a charity. Our General Giants Rescue is what they call a 501c3 IRS licensed charity, no different than Muscular Dystrophy or United Way or March of Dimes. But also, we don't even take any salary from this. Never have, never right, will. Right. And in the course of, of saving the lives, we found a way to help them live incredibly longer. We have doubled the average lifespan of all dogs uh, that we've cared for. And in some cases, triple their lifespan. And it's because it's how you feed the dog, how you care for your dog, and what you feed your dog. All three have to be correct. So we created a website because mainly our food is, what is probably the main item for helping them live so long. And why it's so different than every other food, well, besides the fact that we don't take any money from it, is because we don't add fat to our food. You just wouldn't believe it. But I got to tell you, all dog foods are full of fat, and it's been added to them because it makes dogs hungrier to make you feed them more to ultimately make you buy more dog food. And to verify this, all any of your listeners have to do is just look on your bag of dog food next to the ingredients where it says guaranteed analysis. The first item is protein. The second is crude fat. And you're going to see the crude fat of just about every dog food sold in the U.S. is 12 to 22 percent. Now, crude fat, that's horrible. Ours, we don't add any fat, and ours is 9 percent. So what happens is, and then, of course, I think you've probably felt dog food. Have you ever felt that greasy feeling on the outside? Yep. You know, that is because it is sprayed with fat uh. to cover up the smell of the fat on the inside with chicken fat on the outside <laughs> to make dogs eat more. And, you know, I tell people, look, you wouldn't pour bacon grease down your garbage disposal because it would ruin it. So if you can understand that animal fat will ruin a metal garbage disposal, what is it doing to the intestines of the dog you love? Bottom line of all of this, we don't do any of that. We make an incredibly healthy, all-natural, USA-made food. We take no salary from it. And our dog food actually retails for less than half the price of what you would pay for a natural dog food in a pet store that won't keep your dog living 27 years like our dogs are living. And so what we did is we've gone out to retailers all across the country, Walmart and others, and we said, look, we will sell you this at our cost. We're not going to take anything from it. All we want you to do is make it available as least expensive as possible so that everybody that loves their dog even if you have very minimal income or you're on Social Security, whatever it is, that everybody can afford to have their dog live as long as ours, which is 27 years. You know, it's amazing. Oh, by the way, I should mention, Bert, that you are uh, in this article that I just looked at. You're, you and Tracy are giving, uh, giving credit for 16,000 dogs' lives being saved. 
Well, yeah, well, it, it keeps growing, you know, right. <laughs> every week. And, 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 you know, the thing is, it's not just the length of their life, it's the quality of sure. their life. Sure. Here at our house, 24 of our dogs in rescue right now have already lived twice their normal lifespan. But our dogs are so healthy, the only time they ever go to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10 rabies update. So our dogs are not just living longer, but the quality of life. They're healthier. They're happier. The, my, my 27-year-old Russian wolfhound, who's only supposed to live seven to nine years, her name is Tara, she still jumps in the air at 27 years of age. And so my point is, is that everybody who loves their dog should not have to give up on your dog and expect them only to live seven or eight or 10 or 11 years. But now they can have a chance to live longer. And my own daughter, I've got a 27-year-old daughter. We got her an American Eskimo when she was a year and a half. The, 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 the American Eskimo was six months old. She's had her dog for over 20 years. What a great thing for a kid to grow up with their best friend and not lose them so young. That's Our oldest amazing. dog was wow. 18, I think. Was, that's, yeah. that's a Jack Russell Terrier, so small 18, dogs yep. yeah, tend to live longer, too. And, yeah, it would have been nice right. to have another and 10 I, years. But our great Danes are living into their 20s. And who has ever heard of anything like that? Right. But it's all because of how you feed your dog, how you care for your dog, and what you feed your dog. And all of our information is not only free on our website, GentleGiantsDogFood.com, but our Facebook page, Gentle Giants Dog Food and Products. And we have a 24-7, 365 support line. Anybody can call about any issue involving their dog, not just feeding or care, behavior, in some cases medical. And we help everybody for free because this is our charity. Bert, if I could ask you, I know a lot of the larger, my name's Dave, uh, a lot of the larger dog um, breeds have issues with their stomach and eating and, and having swallowing issues later in their life. Is this cutting that down because it, the food is easier for them to process and, and put through so they're not running into the same gastric in- issues that other uh, dogs are doing off normal dog food? You, right. You, you, you brought up a really serious issue. There is a deadly condition with dogs. It affects dogs with large chests, even as small as basset hounds, because they have a big chest, even though they're a small dog, but medium-sized dogs and up, that 10% of the dogs in America die from a condition called bloat and torsion. It's caused by food on the stomach combined with stress or exercise. Kind of like if you remember when you were a kid and mom said, don't go in the swimming pool for 30 minutes after you eat. If you remember that, The way we feed and care for dogs is differently, and our food is designed to avoid that deadly condition. But there's other things besides the food in terms of how you feed your dog that you need to do. First of all, never feed your dog when your dog is under stress. If your dog has been out playing or you've been riding in the car with your dog, you've got to wait an hour before you feed your dog. And after you feed them, you can't get back in the car. You can't go for walks for at least another hour because this deadly condition can occur. Secondly, when you feed your dog, we elevate our food and water. We don't put it on the ground. And you say, well, why do you do that? Well, because when you really do the research we've done, what we find out is if your dog doesn't die of this deadly condition or doesn't get hit by a car or doesn't die of cancer, their bodies simply wear out much faster than human bodies do. So you want to conserve their energy. And how we conserve their energy is, for one, you don't, make them come over and lean down to pick up food, stand up and chew down to get more food. That's up and down. It's wearing their bodies out. And our secret is this. 
every stress, no matter how small it is, that you can remove today from your dog's life, you can add on to the length of their life. And that's how we do it. We feed our dogs five or more times a day. People say, my God, why would you do that? The reason is because if you feed them only once or twice a day, their bodies wear out faster because they're having to digest all that food in one or two meals. All of this is explained on our website, GentleGiantsDogFood.com. It is a wonderful thing. Gentle Giants Dog Food, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Again, uh, 16,000 dogs. Bert and his wife, Tracy, for the past 22 years have saved the lives of 16,000 dogs at their Gentle Giants Rescue in Norco, California. Again, GentleGiantsRescue.com or GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Bert, it is always a great pleasure to talk to you, and I, I just feel very secure as a citizen knowing that you're out there. Well, i got to tell you one last thing. Yes, one sir. last thing. I only get one complaint. Every once in a while, somebody says to me, wait a minute, I know you're doing all this for dogs. I know that you've got dogs living up to 27 years, but you're doing all this wonderful stuff for dogs. Why don't you do something good for humans? <laughs> and you know what I say to them? Let, let me tell you what I say to them. I said, wait a minute. If I help you keep your dog an extra five or ten years longer and that dog is healthy and you can enjoy that dog, don't you think I'm doing something for you? And they go, oh, gee, you're right. I never thought of that. Yeah, but what about the cats, Bert? What about the cats? Yeah, what about the cats? We have cat food coming out. Uh-huh. Although we were not an expert with cats, we just lost two of our cats. One oh. was 31 and one was 32. And they were eating our dog food. Hmm. There you have it. Bert, come back soon, sir. Wowie zowie, citizens! To the Batmobile! <laughs> Bert Ward, ladies He's and gentlemen. Awesome. What a nice man. He's such a good guy. And he cares about... Look, anybody cares about dogs, that'd be a pretty decent person, don't you think? Oh, definitely. You know, I had a chance. I've met Bert and Adam twice. Yeah. Um, Adam West was my first celebrity interview. Oh, he was? When I was in high school. I might have lied a little bit. I told, no, uh, not t- told you. The, I know, it's true. I told uh, called the World of Wheels, and he was staying at the McCormick place. Oh, sure, yep. And yep. I called, and I said, Adam West's room, please, and they put me through. Oh, God. And he answered the phone, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, with, the, with the high school paper, I'd love to do an article. He's like, sure. And he had me come sit next to him on the stage, and I got to do an interview while he's all in Batman regalia. Right. And uh, it was just such a, a neat moment. Recorded the entire thing. I've, I've got the audio. i got to find it somewhere, but it's awesome. And uh, he was so nice. And then meeting him and Burt Ward, they have, you know, they have one persona on stage, and you think that's it. I've met them offside, off on the stages, and they are just as nice and sweet. And They're they very really nice good. people. They really yeah, good Adam's to their fans. They're no longer with us, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, you know what's so funny about stuff like that? You, you call an Adam West, and they just put you right through to him. Uh, when I was working at Capitol Records, Duran Duran was in town, and I tried to call um, Simon LeBon. Simon LeBon, and they said, oh, he, do you know the passcode? And I said, well, I didn't know he had a passcode. Yes, he has a passcode. I can't put you through unless you know the passcode. And I said, uh, guest number one. That's correct. Oh, really? I, that's what you went with is guest number one? Who wouldn't guess that? And then the other that's thing funny. is. Somebody on this show said that they changed a code to something. And I said, what is it, 1964? And he goes, how would you know that? I said, because that's when you were born. I mean, people, <laughs> it's so easy to figure out codes that people use because they're all so basic. Well, you're going to have to help me crack it when uh, Springsteen's in town next time. You tell me how to call him and what the code will be. So I'll start code cracking it so I can give him a call. Springsteen? Yeah. You, know, he's Come a on. Good... you can go uh, find uh, Kid Rock's house. 
Yes, you can because Bob Seeger told us what what his address is. It's <laughs> on the air. Yeah, Tom, you know that house there at seventeen hundred grand. Uh, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Kid Rock bought that house. I'm like, you realize you just gave out Kid Rock's home address on the air? Oh yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> oh, God. All the night moves. <laughs> night moves. There is a great guy, by the way. Bob Seger got out of touring, got out of the music business for 11 years to raise his children. That's great. Quite admirable. There's no question about that. Just a really, really decent human being. Well, didn't Martin Short do the same thing and Rick Moranis? Uh, I think Martin, Mm -hmm. didn't Martin Short's wife pass and he kind of focused on that? Yep, I think you're absolutely right. What a guy. Then he came back and did some interview and the guy's like, oh, how's your wife and everything? He's like, okay. uh, What's her face? Uh, Yeah, it was. Kathy Lee. It was Kathy Lee. Yeah, he was just so, he didn't want to embarrass, didn't want to, and he was just, he motored right through it. He's a really good guy. They're going to be in town. Martin Short and Steve and Martin. Steve Martin, yeah. At Treasure Island. I'm going to try to get tickets. That's that's what another it, bucket it, list. You'll for, you'll forget. You'll you'll always forget. Now, what is the name of the tour? Uh, well, yeah. I was going to ask, what was the dime trick he did at? Uh, no, that was Civ- Steve Martin. Yeah. He was at the St. Paul Civic Center. <laughs> I think like twenty thousand seats. He looked. I, I, the people that sat in the back. He must have been about an inch tall. And he goes. I'd now like to do my famous dime trick. <laughs> People like 3,000 feet away. <laughs> it's called An Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life. Yeah, An awesome. Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life at uh, Treasure Island Resort and Casino. At the, is that could be at the amphitheater? Uh, let's see. That amphitheater down there, I have not been to it yet, but I heard it's a fantastic venue. I don't know if we exactly have time, but if I can find out in the next 10 seconds. you got nine Treasure seconds Island, to find out. Treasure Island, Welch, Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, and it's that's be the, the only one in Minnesota. Yeah. It is, but that's, it's that's, the empathy. We'll find out where it is. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.